Hello everyone. Thank you for listening. I am back. And I believe I mentioned this in my last podcast, but I may not be continuing into 2021. I may not be. So depending on the traction my podcasts get uh, for this month, December, and any previous months, I'm supposed to have an interview that comes out that um, on another popular podcast, and um, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it, it really um, struck a chord with the interviewer, and I believe it will strike a chord with other people. So that may bring me um, some more podcast listeners. And if you're listening and you're from that interview, let me know. Um, It would be good to know where anyone comes from when they're listening. So let me know where you come from. And um, if the numbers go up, I'll continue. But um, if not, I think this will be my last podcast. Um going into the last month of 2020. So um, this series is depression slash midlife crisis slash stress basically in parenting and managing it as a parent. So, you know, as an adult, you continue to lead your own personal life, especially as a mother, but you tend to diminish it when you have children And your children become your life. And so when you're dealing with things personally, it's it's harder, at least for me, it it was harder to really just face or just deal with because you're like, I have to deal with my kids, making sure they're okay, making sure they're doing good at school, making sure they have nutrition, making sure they're entertained, but not doing anything that's uh, inappropriate, inappropriate, not too much screen time. Are they using their imaginations? Are they reading enough? Um, Et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, and then day in and day out goes like that. But your personal issues, your personal problems, your personal thoughts don't just go away. And they tend to stack up and plague you. Or they definitely plagued me. And then it kind of all just come to a head this year end of 2019, 2020, um, when I turned 40, June 2020, it really just hit, came to a huge just halt. And um, I think it was because um, my kids are all really old enough, even though I'm still raising them, of course. They're all they're not as little and they don't take as much as they used to. And my twins, they just turned nine. They're my youngest. They just turned nine December 4th. And so, and my son, my third child will be 18 next month. So I'll have three adult children and four um, minors. My fourth child, she's 16, so she doesn't have too far to go. Then I'll have three little ones, but they're they're going into being preteen soon. And so I just I've just had to really face myself and face what I've been dealing with and just the the things personally that I've been avoiding 
Well, this episode, I want to specifically approach my marriage, which is a huge thing, a huge personal thing. And um, I'm going to read something that I had came across that was just, it was on the Bible app. I love the Bible app. It helps me, especially through stress, reading and praying as I'm a Christian. But I came across this uh, in a devotional that was just so amazing because it just hit the nail on the head with what I've been going through. So it says, abusers need secrecy to cloak their actions and their dual lives. They are Mr. Wonderful in the public eye, but Mr. Monster at home. In my own life, I was enamored with Ben's good side, but his other side was gruff, entitled, dangerous, and desensitized. This dual nature threw me into a tailspin that lasted for years. Looking back, I realized I too was living a dual life. I appeared all put together, and I felt enormous pressure to keep everything going for the sake of our family. On the outside, I came across as confident and strong, when in fact my private world was an entirely different story. The secret allowed me to keep this facade going, and I believe that if I could keep it going in long enough, it would eventually become reality. But the biggest reason I kept the secret for so many years, I loved him. I didn't want people to think badly of him. I believed that I could work on the marriage privately and not damage our reputation. The fact is, is the abuse continued to happen over and over again. Breaking the silence is key to interrupting the cycle. It opens a world of new possibilities, health, freedom, safety, and new life. This step can be pretty scary, I know, but it's so important. Breaking the silence is not necessarily about leaving your abusive partner right now, although for some it may be. Breaking the silence is about telling your story first to yourself, then to a safe person. The decision to entrust your story to someone can feel overwhelming. Fear has been used to manipulate and silence you, so it can seem almost inconceivable that you could actually share your story with someone. You may wonder, will anyone believe me? You might even feel delusional as your abuser insists that what is going on isn't really happening. You may be concerned that some family members and friends won't believe your story. But there comes a moment when each of us realizes that the cost of maintaining the secret is too high a price to pay. What leads to that moment can be very different for each person. What's crucial is not so much why you break the silence, but that you do. And so this podcast is a huge way of me breaking the silence. And I don't have to really, like, I can get it off my chest, but I don't have to really look at someone's awestruck face, especially someone who knows me personally, about what I've been going through for years and years and years. And I finally made the decision to separate. And so that, yeah, what I read, what I just read is, like, dead on accurate about how I was and my feelings, and why it took so long to really just look myself in the face and say that what you've been dealing with is not normal. It's it's not, how you've been treated is not normal. And being controlled and being manipulated that way, it made to feel like, you know, this is life. This is how it should be. There's nothing really wrong. Uh, oh, he just has a temper. Oh, he just uh, feels the need to do this, say that. And it's, I just, I realized it's wrong. And the, the biggest thing was the fact that being black and seeing so many unmarried black women, unmarried single mothers, 
not to say that the men aren't present in their children's lives because I noticed that that is kind of a myth as far as black men not being present for their children. That really is not what my I've seen or my experience of seeing, but it's just the fact that not many of us are married either by choice or not by choice. And so I liked how people would have like a certain extra respect for me. The fact that I was married and have been married for so long, being a black woman and have children and uh, sort of like being above the statistic and just, you know, the surprise on people's faces kind of makes you feel good just to be like, yes, I'm married. These are my kids and I'm married, especially when it's automatically assumed that you're not a lot of times. I was assumed to not be. But all of that doesn't really matter when your mental health comes to play. And it's been hard being separated and actually not not fully for me because I actually feel free to really work things out within myself and just feel free to have peace. But it's been hard because I know what this is this means for my children and um, of course you know their father is trying really hard to make promises but I've tried to leave him before so it's not like I've never tried to leave him before but I've always taken him back quickly because of those reasons and what was said in the devotional that I read just about the hope that if you just keep going, if you just keep moving forward, that it will some somehow just dissolve into this good thing that will grow and mature enough to make it into this good thing. And maybe one day he will. Maybe he won't. But I need my peace now. I've just, I found it too valuable. And this has been a huge step towards my mental health. The hardest thing right now is just really, my kids, they they aren't obviously taking it bad, but my, I don't have children that really outwardly share their feelings. And um, so I know I have to really just take the time to, talk with them about it especially my older ones you know they just want to dismiss it they they talk to him on the phone every day my younger ones they talk to him on the phone every day um but this I found this hard for me to really just sit down and and let them know that we're human and I hate that we have to be amongst one of the many 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 other people that are divorced but I feel like that's where we're headed. So yeah, I'm gonna be looking up some suggestions on how to approach my children in this way.